Okay, here we go. <clears throat> hey guys, welcome to episode 134 <laughs> of CMD Towers Brews and oh. Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host, who with every step he takes, leaves a footfall crater big time. Ah! How dare, how dare you? Uh, but I do have a little bit of this. Uh, if you'll excuse my voice, it's been a three-day bender I've been on pretty much, so... Uh, it was, it was my birthday yesterday for those who didn't know, or a week ago or whatever it happened to, and nothing crazy happened except on Wednesday. I, I've been doing this running club, right? Called hashing where you go from like one location to another. And in between you like drink beers, there's like a hare and a hound, right? Okay. And then, so I've been doing it for almost a year now and I haven't gotten my hasher name, right? I'm kind of pissed about it because okay. Before you get your hash name, your name is just whatever, right? So even though I've been going and doing it, and I met all, the, and you, you are like me, like I know you like your to do lists, right? I know you like checklists, achievements, hundred percenting that sort of thing, right? So they told me what I needed to accomplish to get this done, and I did it, and they were just still waiting for it, and I thought it was like a personal attack against me, but it ends up being <laughs> like he just wanted to make sure we had enough people. So I got my hash name on Wednesday, and instead of Lord of the Rings, it's Whore of the Wings. Wow. Uh, because I always, yeah. So the other one that they're going to call me was Lot Lizard, which you know where that's from. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But they said that wasn't insulting enough. So, because uh, like the lead guy, his name is Asquatch. So he told me to bring a spare change of clothes. And what they did was this is like some fraternity stuff. I got down on my knees in a parking lot. And I grabbed like a piece of cardboard because my knees, I, my knees were sore from running. So they dumped a bunch of beer on me and then hit me with a bunch of flour mixed with glitter and then cracked an egg over my head because it was my birthday. So they made a cake, uh, which was pretty humiliating, but it's all part of the, the contest. The funny part was I was still scraping out like flour paste out of my ear before I like got on my conference call the next day. So, wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good, and then I got pretty drunk. So that's why this nine percent uh, Imperial IPA from Sweetwater is going down a little rough. But <laughs> outside of that, it's been it's been a good one. It's finally nice here in Charlotte. So been been enjoying the weather. But Mister Combo, more importantly, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Um, pretty excited. Uh, this week we, uh, well, I guess last week. Uh, got a lot of my bachelor party stuff. Yeah. Booked, uh, which super pumped about that. We're going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Never thought Dollywood. I'd enter that shitty Do state again. Dollywood. <laughs> Dollywood. We have to go. I think we might. Just oh. kidding. Uh, we'll just see. Um, so, yeah, I'm super pumped about that. Uh, and the, the big thing that I dealt with is I was trying to call Delta. And so the, the the three people, including me, that are flying out of Kansas City, I have platinum status with Delta. I got a reserve card with Amex. So I get all these free perks. Um, you can only get those perks if you're on the same reservation as me. And so, uh, and another thing is you have to have a Sky Miles account number. It's free. Oh, you just go oh, create that's, it. That's why you needed the Godfather to create yes. one. Yes. Yes. And so, of course, the Godfather is like, I don't want to sign up for anything. This is bullshit. Like, do I even need to? And it's like, GC or JC, can you just create a free account in 30 seconds and send us yeah, the number? Right. It's, I just it's need not the number. Not a big man. deal. Not a big deal. So that's the first thing. Second thing is I was trying to use uh, what's called a companion certificate to get my ticket for free. Uh, so, because I have like five of them sitting in like my deal. Oh, wow. Because uh, I just haven't been able to fly for the last like few years. So, 
Um, I'm trying to do it, and you know, I get through. We're at the end, and it doesn't give me an option to use it. I'm like, well, that's a little weird. Well, I okay, now I remember. I got to go to my settings, click the coupon, and then it does it. So I do that, but then it grays it out and only says the number two. Like it'll only let me look for flights for two people, even though the ticket only gets one person for free. Um, and like, I can't figure out how to pull a third person into it. So I'm like sitting here dealing with this stuff, talking with chat, getting frustrated. Yeah. Finally call. And the gal is just like, yeah, I mean, it just can't be done, but here's what I could do. You know, I can link the other reservation with the person. So it ended up working out. Uh, you, and- can give one of the, you can give someone else a companion pass, right? I didn't so think I you could, could use it on yourself. Correct. I can't use it on myself. I could transfer the ownership of it to someone to where, like, if I even wasn't going to fly, they could do it. Uh, um, but I guess anytime you use a companion certificate, it you could only look at flights for two. It's not even like you can only do it in even numbers. It's Oh, it, you can only do two. It. Oh, okay. Because it's, yep. be, it's supposed to be, like, your wife or, like, a significant like other yeah yeah in like my mind it's stupid it should just be able to like well who which person do you want to get right. the free ticket because and then you're done because what's it's the functional the difference right yeah it's like it's the exactly. same thing as like a, a flight voucher yep and so really the only thing that ended up happening at the end of the day is uh eric um he was the one on the uh standalone ticket uh, he'll still get free checked bags. I still got him first class on the long legs of the flight, but he wasn't able to get like free comfort plus upgrades, which kind of sure. sucks. Cause I know that would have been nice. Cause he's a, uh, he's even taller than I am and bigger than I yeah. am. Yeah, um, he's a monster. It, and then, uh, uh, he won't get my TSA pre-check automatically on his mm. ticket. So does he not get have a little... that? Oh, I no, he hates it. Oh, he hates to fly. He hates right? fly. Yeah, yeah. He hates flying. So, uh, yeah, you know, dealt with that. That kind of sucked, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, But I'm getting more and more excited for this partner-non-partner challenge. Yeah. Uh, Actually going to go play some games with Marketing Ross tonight. Fun. And the the Nansenator uh, asked (laughs) Ross, like, hey, should we bring our partner-non-partner decks? And he's like, well... Matt has zero interest in this, but you know, I'm, I'm up for whatever. So I think I'm going right. to bring it and try to do a big tuck and bully people into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we'll see it. how successful I am. I did also get a new piece of magic history, by the way. <gasps> so it better not be gold bordered. It's not. Cause it's not a piece of magic history. It's okay. not, it's not gold bordered, okay. but okay. it is a Lotus and it does have the, some of the coolest art I've ever seen on a lotus before okay so i'm holding in my hand an officially printed watsi black lotus it's not it's not it's not it's do you have any stupid, guesses it's the international edition or whatever masters this thing is sick there you go it looks awesome it's like it's an official look at that artwork it's foil too i'm gonna get like a thing and have it on my desk it is an official Black Lotus token. Yes. There, yes, there you go. How about Black, that? Black Lotus I'll, token. I'll, I'll, a, 40, a $40 <laughs> token. So there you go. Oh, my God. It looks great. It's just, this is my favorite. I, this has been the artwork on every work computer I've ever had that has a back that has a back screen. So it's it's my favorite. One of my favorite artists. Uh, who is this? Chris Ron. I love the artwork. So I thought it's well, I just, I just spoil myself a little bit, you know? Big Tuck loves the artist so much, he can't even remember their I name. I had, to, I had to look it up, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, I can guys, tell you another card that he's done. Thanks for joining. Uh, we do have a great patron community, which really helps uh, us improve the content, get new gear, uh, be able to do new giveaways for you guys. So if you could, head over to patreon.com slash cmdtower. 
any support you could provide would really help out. Uh, just a dollar a month gets you into all the soft value that we bring. Uh, $5 and above will actually get you tangible products as we release them. So anything you could do would be a great, great help to us. Plus, it gives you chances to actually be on the channel and share what you think about Magic the Gathering. Now, if you're an existing collective or patron member, um, and you have someone that you refer to join, just have them shoot us a message on Patreon. Anytime an existing collective member gets someone to join our patron community, we will send that founding member some sort of free swag just to say thank you. So make sure you're out there promoting our patron and our content, and you'll be rewarded as well. Then we do have a store. Uh, it's pretty great. We do have foil play mats. We do have Jund sweaters. Uh, we do have reminder tokens and other metal gold tokens on there and coins. CD, cmdtower.com slash merch. Go check it out. We're trying to offload as much of this gear as possible. We do have a goal. If we could, by the end of summer, offload about 50% of what we've kind of acquired over the last couple years, uh, we'll actually be able to really start getting you guys some new swag, start kind of getting uh, some new people brought onto the staff, be able to pay some people. So uh, whatever you guys can do to help support out of our store, that'd be great. The best buy on there is probably our sleeves. We only sell them for $5 for a 100-pack. Right. And now I'm seeing prices out there like Ultra Pro's even charging $20 or $25 for a 100-pack. It's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. And then lastly, you guys have heard of the amazing playtest cards that I personally have used in like my Najila Mystical Archive deck or my Game of Thrones Kindrith deck. Uh, AbyssProxyShop.com, code CMD Tower will get you 10% off your order. Uh, it does help support the channel as well, and it is combinable. So if you see that there's a deal or sale going on, on the site as well, you can use our code in conjunction with any of those discounts, and you will still get it and still support our channel. Great way if you have those dockside extortionists that are like 40, 50 bucks a pop. <laughs> you own one copy, go get a bunch of them for $3 or $3.50, whatever it is after the discount. Uh, same thing, you got your first Aber Duel, you'd like to put it in more decks, but can't afford to buy a $200 Taiga over and over. AbyssProxyShop.com, code CMD Tower. And the best kept secret is if you type in custom card, you'll actually be able to get the massive gallery of all the custom art that they've done for the community out there. Um, and so, you know, cool, like Futurama and Pokemon and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, go check a, it out. That supports us. It, it, they are really high quality. And I'm looking at the, you talked about that Taiga and there's some artwork on there. That's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh, but of course, guys, if uh, you're not in a position today to be able to help us out financially or you just hate our guts, but still listening for some reason, <laughs> just share the content you're watching and listening because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series since we conquered the path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks. We have moved on to classic day one brews and builds with a traditional episode. Uh, so we described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. We call that grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color of the taste and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. Then the next is how does your board interact with the rest of the board? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like this Imperial IPA we have right here. Hop choices help clear interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. 
Then, I'm very confused on how this deck does it. How does your deck close out and win the game? We call that yeast. And yeast are the living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we do have shenanigans as your pet card synergies. You could argue the majority of this deck that are just kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spice is another additive to help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into alpaca stout, or addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if this is if they do, this is where we talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we have a bottle capping. And these will be recommendations to the deck to cut three cards and add a card for under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. Just couldn't do mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Guys, we're continuing our partner, non-partner, Legendary Challenge Month. Remember, May 2nd, 2022, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time on our Twitch channel, CMD Tower. Uh, oh, nope. Actually, Twitch goes twitch.tv slash CMD Tower. Right. And that will consist of myself, Commander Cookout's own Brando. That's episode aired last week for his Boros partner deck. Big Tuck himself with today's deck. And then next week, we'll be discussing Marketing Ross's deck. Um, and this is a challenge where we take any... The deck has to be completely EDH legal. The only thing that we're doing illegal is in the command zone, you could make any legendary creatures or planeswalkers partner. So you could basically pair anything you wanted with anything. And today, Big Tuck gave us Binder Bullshit with Kel's Fight Ring Welcomes Yiris. So Big Tuck... Um, why don't you read off Yuris Walker of Corpses? I'll read off okay. Kel's Fight Fixer, and you talk about what kind of monstrosity you gave us. <laughs> oh, it's a monstrosity indeed. And yeah, I can't wait to get into that. So Gyrus Walker of Corpses is X and Jund, which is black, red, and, and then green. For a zero zero legendary creature Hydra, that's a mythic for 58 cents. When uh it enters the battlefield, it enters the battlefield with the number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the amount of mana spent to cast it. And then when it attacks, you may exile target creature card with lesser power for my graveyard. If I do create a token of that, that's a copy of that card that's tapped and attacking, exile the token at end of combat. And then Kel's Fight Fixer is two colorless black black legendary creature Azra Warlock for three with Menace. Uh, whenever you sacrifice a creature, you may pay Hybrid Demir. So you can pay any combination of blue or black. But if you do, you get to draw a card. And then you can pay one colorless sacrifice a creature. Kel's Fight Fixer gains indestructible till end of turn. So, uh, as everyone knows, I love Jund and Demir, the two of my favorite colors. So I thought, why not just pair some of those up with my favorites that were gathering dust in my binders? I did not spend a cent on this. This is literally cards that I just went through my my rare binder, my legendary. It was like, oh, that seems fun. Oh, that you didn't even pull fun. cards out of decks. No, this is all wow. this is all just from binders, right? So um, it's always, Kel's always interested me after I opened her in Jumpstart. I like how she kind of is a bit of a sack outlet and gives you value with that. Um, I also like Hydra's and Jund and Gyrus always seem interesting. But my thought with this is like, these are two commanders that I've literally had ideas of build decks around, but I like don't want okay. to. Like okay. I already have enough Jund, I already have enough Rakdos, I already have enough Demir. So I was like, wait a minute, why don't I just take those two things find as many put in as many cards with mechanics that i like with cards that i like and a lot of them were just like stuff lying around in my binder that i just didn't sure. put somewhere and then this also worked out because i have a pile about that thick of cards that either need to be sorted or slotted into new decks so i just took out of that pile to make myself have to work less down the road so the idea is we're going to use red to cheat out our big creatures 
um, and bring them back. We're going to bring out black for some sack value, blue for some control, and the green for some ramp. So literally, I just went through and just found the cards I liked that I had lying around. And um, I I did do some play testing with it. And I know you're not going to believe this. It actually works pretty well. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> I'm dead serious, right? Like the green ramp and token producers kind of plays into Kells and lets you get some value in the early game. And then when you have enough mana to start casting Gyrus for a bunch, by then you can kind of get some stuff in your graveyard and do that sort of thing. So it's it looks like a it looks like I just grabbed a bunch of cards, just threw them into a pile together. Uh, but it actually seems to do its job pretty well. So I, I listen. I'm just as shocked as you are. Yeah, I mean this. I will say the deck does scream binder bullshit. Um, yes, it's just a lot of stuff yes. in here. Yes. Um. I think I think almost we should almost change the phrase from binder bullshit to like limited. This is a limited this is EDH like deck. Kind of a limited, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just like you had packs of cards, and it's like, how the hell can I make this work? And so yeah. you just kind of put all the stuff together. Which, hey, I respect that. Um, and the interesting thing, though, Tuck, is you know we've now this is our third deck that we've right. done for this challenge. I'm seeing a pattern with you and Brando's decks where. And even with my deck, it's not so much that we have this, like, not even linear, but, like, we have these, like, win pads. A lot of it's... right? There's, like, channels. Yes. We we don't have any channels that's, like, this is what the deck is trying to do. Like, mine kind of has that. Uh, Brando's kind of has that. Yours kind of has that. But I think that's just actually going to prove, like, unless Marketing Ross comes out of left field... I think all these <laughs> decks are going to be very mid to late game. Yes, right. Grindy. We're always in the red zone. We're always trying to take down life totals. Nothing right, I'm yeah, actually totally. playing is just like, oh my gosh, be wary of the second card. It's right, just right, like, right. these are all good cards that can help me provide value. And exactly. I think that's interesting because you don't see a lot of EDH decks that are built like that. Right. This And this, again, shockingly, a lot of these cards in here are like giant beasts, a lot of battle cruisery style stuff, and it kind of works to play it like that. So um, I, d- I still don't, even going through this exercise and looking up cards like what would be good in Gyrus that I don't have, what would be good in Kells, yeah. they're both just variations of decks I already own, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this is like, this was fun for me to be like, okay, some cards that kind of fell by the wayside, and I have just a bunch of stuff that I had lying around that I thought was funny and cute, so... Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I only got to goldfish it. I, it's sitting right here. It needs to be sleeved. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. Not how raw dog that shit. Well, yeah, no, no way. Not with some <laughs> of these in here. Well, your average CMC is three, seven, eight, but because Tuck is now using Moxfield, I have no fucking clue, uh, how to find the total cost of the deck. Um, it's the money like dollars or, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's at the bottom, the bottom, the, on the bottom purple line. Yeah, at the bottom of the screen, it goes main board, the version oh, of it, and then the and then the price. Yeah, because I had the window shrunk and it was down, so cost of the oh. next about a little less than seven hundred dollars. Yeah, did which is re- you, which really did is that like, shock you? Oh, ah, sort of. Like, there's a few. Car- I mean, there's two cards in here that make up pretty much that entire like half of that budget, right? So that's also one of the reasons why I went with these colors. To be honest with you. So uh, it's it's not surprising to me that I had those lying around. It is surprising that they all kind of fell into like they're 
traditionally cards that are more expensive are good. So it kind of was a shock to me. It's like, I just have these lying around, yeah. right? Like these should be in a real deck that I actually, you know, I should have had the foresight to do something else with them. I've, I've genuinely tucked throughout the pandemic and all the price increases. And then we'll get into the deck tech. I've genuinely thought about taking my binders, creating a list on tapped out or whatever, and just putting all the cards that I have in my binders in that list. Yeah. Just so I can see what happens with prices, like as the oh, market so changes. Like, yeah. Because I guarantee you, just like you, I probably have a bunch of cards and binders that are now like $30, $40. Right. And, and got, I would and have no clue. And you open them in a pack of Modern Horizons two or something, right? Well, and you're like, no, oh. no, Modern Horizons one. <laughs> That's on. fair point. Yeah, that, that was that was the one that you went to town with. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's dive into this. We'll start with the rampant grain section. And Big Tuck, what is the first card for your partner, non-partner, fight ring deck you want to talk about? So there's two mechanics that I really like in, in Commander because they're both equally annoying, and. One of them is a lot better, and I had way more options of that, but I just traded for this Planeswalker specifically for that reason. Because... Oh. Wait, wait, hold on. Nope. You have two Planeswalkers in there. You almost got me. Not this oh, one. Oh! Wait, hold on. Okay, well... So, this one is not... It cares more about four-legged creatures than two-legged creatures. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, for those that who those haven't hacked it together, it's Arlen's a pack hope. Uh two, two colorless a gruel that is a red and a green for a four-drop legendary planeswalker Arlen. That's a mythic rare that's about seven dollars. And the reason why it's in the deck is because it has daybound, and I will force everyone to play day and night, whether they like to or not. Uh, but she does actually have some really cool abilities. Um, so plus one is an, until your next turn. You may cast creature spells as though they had flash, and each creature you control enters the battlefield with additional 1-1 counter on it. And then minus three is create two 2-2 two, two green wolf creature tokens. If it does flip tonight, then she turns into Arlen, the Mune's Fury. Uh, she gets a plus two, which is adds a red and a green. And then zero until end of turn, uh, she becomes a 5-5 five, five werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. So... I put her in here mostly for the day and night mechanic, but the more I thought about it is I really want to play a lot of creatures, right? Because that's gonna, what's going to fuel Kells. So the fact that she can make them flash is really strong, right? It lets you open it up a little bit more so I'm not just running out of anything on my turn. And I do like the t I do like having some of these incidental token generators in here because they pair really nicely with filtering through my deck with Arlen. Granted, paying two to sacrifice a creature, give her indestructible and draw a card isn't the best rate out there. But I like having things that I can do. I like having tokens that I can do stuff with later. I honestly think the backside of this is significantly worse. Like the 5-5 five, five creature is fine. And then the two mana is okay if I'm building up to a big Kells. But in the, in, I think I'm going to see the most value out of the front side of Arlen. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that plus one. That's right. a really good plus one. Because, I mean, the way I'm reading it is also any creatures you flash between now and your next turn are also going to get plus one, plus one counters. Right. So it's like you get this, like, pseudo instant speed anthem type thing you could do with creatures. Right, right, right. So I'm I'm actually a big fan of that. Um, I would disagree. I like the backside. Really? Because I look at it this way. One, you're getting two mana out of a plus sure, two. Yeah. So now it's just constantly getting harder and harder to kill. Uh, also, because it's just a free uh, signet, essentially. Yeah, right. Um, or, yeah, signet. Uh, nobody's going to be attacking it. Like, you're just 
basically this is a four mana mana rock that it's either getting you two mana every turn or you're getting to play stuff at flash and i'm good with either one right yeah i i agree so i've never seen this card played so i'm hoping it'll do what we want but i guess we'll i guess i'm just gonna mulligan until i get it that's it yeah <laughs> into one well uh the first card i wanted to talk about is one of the cards that makes up about half your budget at a cool oh. 600 or 300 dollars uh we're talking three two one Survival, Survival of the Fittest. Colorless green enchantment. God. This was just in a binder somewhere? I, well, it's also, it, the price of this one's significantly lower because it's... I'm not saying it. Okay. Well, you can, everyone out there can play the home game, but uh, I will I will read the, uh, the, the activate ability on it. So, one green, choose and discard a creature card, search the library for a creature card, reveal that card to all players, and put it into your hand, shuffle your library afterwards. Woo. So... Yeah, I really, I mean, the card's good in general. Um, yeah. The reason I really like it, though, is because, as a grain card for this deck, is uh, Gyrus can reanimate. Right. And so, early game, you discard your over-costed creatures to go get your Wood Elves, your Sakura Tribe Elders, stuff like that. Right. Ramp early, establish your board, and then, hey, yeah, oh, and you always do it like, ah, this sucks. I guess I have to discard this seven drop dragon to go get right. a sakura tribe elder and people are like "Ooh, tuck's really mana hurting but right. it's like well i'm actually kind of i am but i'm also setting up for the future so yeah i think it i think it gives you almost like a possum approach early game discarding a lot of threats right. to just play the game but really those threats you're almost suspending to a later date exactly and i also like that for the fact effectively for two green i can entomb right so I, once I there, I do I don't I didn't because I have most of them in other decks I don't run tons of reanimation packages in here but with my commander and with the few that I have I think that could lead to some pretty explosive early game cheating out stuff. Yeah, sure. Excuse me. <coughs> well, dying. Tuck, why don't you give us your last grain card? All right. <coughs> so I have had a soft start for this card as soon as it got printed because Bitter Blossom is way too much money. So instead of <laughs> <laughs> this card is not that good. I love it. It's so good. So, uh, Dreadhorde Invasion, for the price, I literally think it cannot be beat. So, one colorless and a black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and amass one. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on an army you control. If you don't if you don't control one, create a 0-0 zero, zero black zombie army creature token first. And then whenever a zombie you token you control with power of six or greater attacks, it gains life leak until in a turn. Listen. <laughs> I wish this. I wish this card just said Bitter Blossom, right? I wish that was the case. But I only own one of them, and this one's gotten reprinted in like pre cons, I think. So it's thirty cents. So for two life, for two mana and one life, I can sack a creature and draw a card every turn if I want to. No one's gonna blow this thing up. It's gonna stay around until a farewell or merciless eviction goes. I'm just gonna keep getting that value, baby. Turn after turn after turn. This card. Is your altar of the brood? I think it's. I. You know what? I think that's pretty fair. Like if I would run this in almost every black deck again. <laughs> I think you. I think you probably have it in almost every black deck you own. I have it all. That's in a lot. It's been. It's, so. it's, it's. It's been in every black deck at some point. I think it might have gotten cut out at, at some point. But yes, I, I'm. A, I'm a whore for this card in a big way. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you wanna put a card in the 99 to just waste two mana to draw a card every turn. You know, that's not a rate that I think is good, but uh, hey, li live your life, life, man. Live your life. <laughs> two, two mana and a life. 
Well, uh, my <laughs> last two, this one is a card that I have had such a soft spot for ever since it got previewed. I run it in, I run it in my mono red deck, and I try to run it in as many red decks as I can with the few that I own. It's not an expensive card, I just don't own a bunch. Uh, but your Daro Wandering Monster is so amazing. You're, you're... <laughs> I look. I we both we both like to stick to our guns, right? But I think yep. we both acknowledge when the other person is right. You have you're you're a slam dunk on this one. I think this was one of your preview cards that you yep. really liked. I think I think you're onto something. I think this card's kind of incredible. Yeah. So for five colorless red red, which you should never pay. Legendary Ooh. creature, dinosaur turtle. It's an eight eight with trample and haste. Here's what makes the card super sexy, guys. Cycling colorless and a red. When you cycle Yudaro Wandering Monster, shuffle it into your library from your graveyard. If you've cycled a card named Yudaro Wandering Monster four or more times this game, put it onto the battlefield from your graveyard instead. Do this before you draw. So, basically, I'm going to cycle you forever, draw a card, and then eventually I have an 8-8. There's literally zero downside <laughs> to having this card in a deck that has red. I completely agree. And now I can go fetch it with Survival of the Fittest, too. So I actually can cycle it four times. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, I mean, because here's the thing. Even if you've done it three times, but you have the seven mana, it does have haste. So you might just pay the seven. And then you still got to draw three cards off of the cycling effect. Like, there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, this card is all upside and gas for me. Yeah, you're you're 100% right on this one. And as I was going through my binder, I was like, yes. No questions asked. It's going in. And my last one is the other Planeswalker in the green section. We're talking yeah. about Xenagos the Reveler. This was actually, I think, the very first Planeswalker I ever bought. Like, oh. first one I ever purchased. Uh, this is the first Planeswalker I ever opened in a pack. Oh, that's kind of cool. I that's opened exciting. it in China. Yeah. So I've, I've always had a soft one for it. Yeah, I think I had bought this, and it's still in there today in my Animar deck. I bought it for oh, Animar. Yeah. Uh, really, really love it. So uh, two colorless Gruel. That's going to be your red and your green. That's going to be a Planeswalker Xenagos. Comes in with three loyalty. Plus one, add X mana of any combination of red and green to your mana pool, where X is the number of creatures you control. Zero, put a 2-2 two -two red-green satyr creature token with haste onto the battlefield. Minus six, exile the top seven cards of your library. You may put any number of creature and or land cards from among them onto the battlefield. Tuck, I actually think this card does everything your deck wants. The I was just going to say one, that, yeah. I would say it's a grain because the X-Man of any combination, you do have 30 creatures in the deck. You got some token producers. Say even if you get like six or seven off of this, well, that's six or seven you could pump into Gyrus onto right. that X cost. Uh, the zero, blocker. Or draw a card later off exactly. of Kelts. And then minus six, that does win games. Um, getting to right. put any number of creatures, uh, forget the lands, but any number of creatures in there. 30% <laughs> of your deck is creatures. So most likely by the time right. you get to this point, you'll probably have 40 to 50% of your deck is creatures because you've filtered through it and gotten your sorceries and your uh, lands and stuff. So this card's amazing. I love it. It's yeah. still only six bucks. Kind of shocking. I would think how old it is. It would have gone up in price. Maybe it's been reprinted. Who knows? I, I agree. Um, I, I think usually in the decks that we played in, usually one of the abilities is way better than the other, right? Usually yeah. the plus one. So that's why I like having it in decks anyways. But the fact that, like you said, all three of these are strong in this deck 
I was like, yeah, there's no question, right? Like there, I, I almost put the other Arlen Corden here for kind of the same reasons, but I was mm-hmm. like, ah, it's, it's not near, not near as good as this one. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the grain section. Now we're going to head over to the hop profile and you have to keep listening to me talk. Woo! My first hop is a card that I really, really enjoy. Let's just say he's a, a plague to the table. We are talking Plague Crafter. Oh, sure. Really like yeah. this card. <laughs> yeah. Two colorless black creature human shaman. It's a 3-2. When Plague Crafter ETBs, each player sacks a creature or planeswalker, which makes this card pretty cool. And then each player who can't discards a card. Um... I think this is what you want your deck to do because then mm-hmm. you, can sacrif- you just play him, you sack himself, and then you draw a card by paying the one off of Kells. Yeah, seems great. Yeah, there's the, there's no downside to it. Um, this is this eats Fleshbrag Marauders uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But there is some flavor text there. Ah, oh, come on. Uh, and but it's an easy one. Nickel Bolas, the pompous British guy. You got that one in the bag. My power is generosity. In a way, I give my survivors an appreciation for their lives. Very good. Where are the whores and the tea and crumpets? <laughs> yeah, it's if you go to uh, Kells, their EDH rec, this is like one of the, this is easily in the top played. So I happen to have one lying around and it's only 27 cents, even if you don't. <clears throat> All right, Excuse Tuck, me. what's your first hoppy? Okay, let's talk a little monarch. <laughs> and this card, I think is, I think this card is severely underrated. There's two that I have in here, and one of them's not so hot, but I wanted it because of the monarch ability. The second one, though, I think is pretty slick. So, I know you're not talking about either of these. I'm guessing, correct? You scoffed. So, Dawnglade Regent. This I've had this in other decks, and this card does do work. So, five colorless, double green for an eight-eight elk. Winners battlefield become the monarch, so immediately it's amazing. It's already at eight, <laughs> right? Just because it has Jesus. that on it. And then secondly, as long as you're the monarch, permanents you control have hexproof, and I do have a little bit of reading to do of my own. Uh, this is going to be Eily, uh, High Priestess of the Eternal Pilgrims, aka Lannis Morset. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh wait, there's another song that we were just doing. Eh, okay, here we go. Ready? Up. Uh- I said every creature in the glade paused and stared over came about to the beast. Eldrazi Kalame Lane Lane Naturalist. Oh my god. Come on! It's it's better than the ironic ones we always do. That's very true. Hexproof is great. I'm playing a gazillion creatures. I get to draw a card, the turn it comes in. What more do you want? And it's an eight-eight. Uh, I actually think the whole you having Hexproof as a player is actually super overrated. Um, I've oh, yanked sure. cards out of decks that do that. Because there's not a lot that just targets players. No, no, no. This one is this one's permanent you control have Hexproof. Not oh, you. Oh, I just saw you have Hexproof. Oh, okay. Oh. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. It, no. Okay, to your point, though, to be fair, if it's you have Hexproof, I would have cut it. For sure. Really? For Even though it has Monarch? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I would be less, okay, I would would have kept it in the deck because this is my binder bullshit, but I would not be talking about it today. The interesting thing, going through the list, guys, Tuck does not have a single quart of in here, and I'm surprised by that because I thought you bought like 50 of each. They're all all in decks. I have them all in decks already. I don't have any more. Well, the first hop card I wanted to talk about it's uh, a it's a removal spell in blue that I don't think gets played enough. 
and usually people don't get too pissed about it because you give them all little piggies. So we're talking Curse of the Swine. So I good. I really like this card. Yeah. X blue blue sorcery. Exile X target creatures. For each creature exiled this way, its controller gets a 2-2 green board creature token onto the battlefield. And who is this going to sound like? This is going to sound like... Oh, oh, another easy one for you. Lannery Storm, the old white woman smoker at the slot machine. Another imminent battle, honey. <laughs> it's excited and busy snuffling and caffeine rooting. <laughs> I told Doris don't go out there, but she didn't listen. Uh, so yeah, this card, hands down, outside of Cyclonic Rift, for me, is some of the best removal mm-hmm. removal out there. Yeah. Cyclonic Rift will always be number one. Right. But this card, for even X equals four, for six mana, exiling four creatures, that's right. really good. Yeah, it's it's got no downside. I I almost didn't throw any blue in here, and you can see with that, that 20, 11% of my cards have blue in them. Um, so I really want to make sure that the ones I put in had a lot of utility and I think this one does. So I have a question. I, I don't have much more to say about that. I have a question for you though, because we've talked about, I think we've talked about this in the past. So I was watching the, this, the MTG goldfish, uh, podcast and they were going through the best cards at certain mana values. Right. And at two, they had like Doxide extortionist. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Arcane signet. And then someone said cyclonic rift. And I, I mean, I get where they're going, but to me, that card just costs like I the card costs seven unless you're in the direst, dire most dire situations you could be in, right? So I think the issue with that thought process, Tuck, you are right. Cyclonic Drift is a seven mana spell. Right. Um, but then Curse of Swine's a two mana spell. Sure. No, okay, sure. Yeah. You would never do it for two. So, right. But that's what you have to categorize it as because you don't know what X is. Same thing with Torment to Hailfire. Right. So I right, think right. just from like a Gotta, if we're trying to make all the cards fit in the same uh, sandbox, you just have to say, like, whatever that top right corner mm-hmm. is, that's the CMC. Because with all the alternate costs and stuff like that, it's just so difficult to figure out right. what actually cost is. Right, because this like this one always costs at least three, right? But it's still a two drop. Correct. Right, and just right. like your uh, ninjutsu deck, it, she she's not actually three, she's two. Right, 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 right. But oh, she would be a three CMC card. So I so real quick side note on that. You'll love it. Uh, I played that recently. Turn two, flipped over 10 CMC. Turn one, a scry creature. Turn two, ninjutsu, 10 CMC. Everyone lost 30. It was incredible. Wow. Wow. It felt great. All right. Well, Tuck, give us your second hoppy card. So this is another one. This one is kind of more of an emergency reset um, or to kind of slow people down. This is a girl that I know you like. Uh, ah. From the same set as Dreadhorde Invasion. But I, again, it's a cool creature. She's easily reanimatable um, and I think can kind of get you back into the game. And for that, we are talking about our old pal, Massacre Girl. So three colors. Oh, double I didn't know black. she came in the same set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. War of the Spark. Oh, there you go. Um, three colors, double black for legendary creature, human assassin. That's a four, four with menace. When she enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than masking a girl gets a minus one, minus one until end of turn. So even though we're playing this card, probably is not going to be as good in the in the partner, non-partner decks that I've seen so far, because no one that we've seen is going to storm off with a bunch of tokens, right? 
Um, and I will probably have, I'm guessing I, I will generally have a fair amount of creatures on the board, but for me, this is just kind of like a, a reset button, right? Like I know things are going well. I need to take it. I need to pump the brakes. Maybe I have a giant gyrus that will live through this. We can plop down a massacre girl. You have a four, four with menace left over and can do some pretty big damage across the board. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. I'm actually okay with the card in the deck, and I actually think it's good because in your command zone, you do have a reanimator. Right. So a lot of people would say, well, Masker Girl, she's a one-time use. If you don't have a bunch of tokens that can make everything get, like, negative 10, negative 10, like, what's the point? Right, I right, look right. at it as, like, well, it's still good in the deck because still for five mana, you get this girl out. Maybe you get to negative three, negative three, and that's where you stop. Well, then when it when she dies or you sack her to Kel's Fight Fixer, you can then reanimate it with Gearus, get another one out there, get another negative three, negative three going on or whatever you could get to. Um, right. So I, I still think it's good. It fits your theme. It's a it's a creature. Um, you could sack it to draw a card. You can reanimate it to do the effect again. I think it's fine. Hell yeah. What do you what else you got for me? Oh, man, my last one. And I know you and I are on Wait, you a got dark two. scheme with this. You got one. two more, right? Nope. Wait, what was your first? You had the piggies and what? Oh, right, of course. So this guy has a dark scheme about it using that great mechanic called energy. We're talking Demon of Dark Schemes. I have never seen this card. Uh, It's hilarious. Never really? Three colorless, never. Three colorless, black, black, black. Creature Demon Mythic. Uh, It's only $2 or $1.50. Right. It has flying. It's a 5-5. When Demon of Dark Schemes ETBs, all other creatures get neg two, neg two till end of turn. Whenever another creature dies, you get an energy counter. You could pay two colorless, black, four energy counters, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control tapped. Here's the insanity. It doesn't tap Dark Schemes. Right. <laughs> it doesn't say only use on your turn. It doesn't say only use once per once turn. turn. <laughs> it's just there. So right. we just yeah. talked about Masker Girl. You plop down <laughs> Masker Girl and Demon of Dark Schemes. You're going to get like 50 energy. Right. And then you're just like, oh, three mana, get this back. Three mana, get that back. Three mana, get this back. Absolutely. It's absurd. And this is, so the the, the builds I've seen of Gearus out there, they like playing cards that have mismatched power to cost, Right. So this one for six, it's only a five, five. So getting this into the graveyard earlier makes it easier to pull out with Gyrus, right? Granted, this is not a great target for that because you want this around to be able to cast it multiple times. But if you've already done the gimmick with it, you'll have your treasure line around. Swing in with Gyrus, pay six mana, all your energy, pull back a few creatures. You're kind of back to the races for it. So it's a fun card. Um, It's like a worse Masker Worm, potentially, but... I think it's great. And for a buck 50, I think it goes into a lot, a lot of decks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't have any decks that use energy, but <laughs> I mean, this wouldn't be a terrible thing in even my um, Shirai deck. Right. Just like, hey, maybe it goes in, kills a bunch of stuff, and now I can use this to reanimate my non-one power or less creatures. Right. Yeah. That could have and some I think, value. I think another good design choice on it is it's any creature, right? Or another creature. Yes. Not just because yes. if, it's, if it's just the ones you control, you're like... That's eh. it takes it's just a lot more sweaty, right? Like it just takes a lot yeah. more work. But when it's any creature, those mana dorks that it randomly grabs when you cast it, that sort of stuff, that's where it really takes off. Yep. All right, Tuck, give us your final hop card. So this card I think is starting to this used to be like kind of a staple in green, in my opinion. But I think as the game has shifted, it's become way less valuable. But it still holds a it still holds a very special place in my heart. 
And that card is the nasty, the stony, the terastodony. Six colorless double green for a 9-9 elephant. When it enters the battlefield, you may destroy up to three target non-creature permanents. For each permanent put into a graveyard this way, its controller creates a 3-3 green elephant creature token. It's it's just cost so much, right? But the idea is that this is not just a one-time use. This is something that you sacrifice, you bring back, you cast again, and try to keep the board clear. I think I'll be able to do I think I'll be able to handle other creatures very well. But like if there's like in um Brando's deck, he has a bunch of enchantments that are like gonna yeah. be backbreaking to me, right? So being able just to pick those off and give him these worthless elephants that are just gonna die to Masker Girl and or Demon of Dark Scheme at some point. That's why I like it. And again, it's just kind of it's it's one of those cards that I just always have liked since it, since I started playing the game. Yeah, it's just unfortunately this is a card that's just dated with time. Yes, yeah. um, in the game. So, but hey, I mean, we all have them laying around. I'm surprised I didn't see a rampaging Bailoth in here. Oh, Lord knows you have those laying you, around. You bite, you bite your tongue. I think I actually, <laughs> I think I moved all those to my bulk. My, I think all of them except for one are in my bulk uh, rare thing that i just like if i send people cards i'll just grab one from random out of there and send them over well guys that's gonna wrap up kel's fight ring welcomes Gyrus's hop section i know you've been waiting to figure out how this deck is gonna win <laughs> considering it's binder bullshit and tuck i think you should tell us the first card okay well i think i think Gyrus is gonna get real big um and something that i like about Gyrus too is that it's the Equal to the amount of mana cast to spend it. Yeah. Amount, amount of cast to spend it. Amount of mana spent to cast it. So the commander tax is actually going to is going to pay into that, right, in a good way. So eventually in the late game, I didn't want to put too many cards that do this sort of thing, but I thought that we might be able to ignite the end game with a simple sorcery. You what? You don't like this? Three, two, one. I mean, it's not mine. I know it's not. Chandra's <laughs> edition. It's great. Three colors. Also, if you look through this, this is also like three quarters of cards that could easily go into a Prosh deck, which is, I think it was where I might have gotten them from. Uh, three colors, double red for a sorcery. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each other opponent. Uh, and there is a little bit of um, there is a little bit of flavor text here. So this is Malakan, which is Will Ferrell from Zoolander. So do you think the person that sent it over is trying to do the crazy bills speech or are they trying to do like the, uh, like coffee part? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think it's the, um, oh, what does he always say? Like Hans. Oh, he's so hot right now. He's so <laughs> well, hot this, right this, now. This card is in fact hot right now. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not much of a Will Ferrell guy. So, <clears throat> oh, Chandra, in the, in the moment for her, her execution, she realized what it meant to be a pyromancer, to be alive, and to be taking crazy pills. This you card's got amazing. It. You, got you it. don't like this? No, it's fine. It's just, it's it's not a card to get excited about anymore, just like uh, Crater Hoof is not exciting, oh, a card oh, to get excited oh, okay. about anymore. Fair enough. I'm just shocked that it's almost $7, which is insane. I'm not. Really? It's, I guess yeah, it's, like a, I mean, it's kind of a finisher, right? Well, yeah, because it's also to each opponent. So right. your stuffy doll decks want it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that like wants sure. Chandra's in ignition. Well, that's it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Um, you know, when I saw this card in your East package, it's like, oh, it's just hands down meant for Gyrus when he's yeah. humongous. Yeah, when he gets huge. Um, I guess the question I'd have for you, though, is what happens when you have Chandra's ignition in hand, but Gyrus is only like a 6-6? Six, six? 
I yeah. Do you, do I you, are you holding this until it's like a ten ten? Like when are you actually popping Chandra's ignition? I think the only like obviously this is so this is going to be a big game winner is the idea of it. Um, but I think that if I get board wiped and I'm struggling to kind of get back and I'm like okay I got Gyrus out and no other creatures and people are starting to build their thing back up that's when I could do it for more. Excuse me, for more of a um removal like a creature removal as opposed to player removal but i think like i don't know i i wouldn't want to cast this when gyrus was under like eight right i think oh, that's okay. kind of the num- the number i'd want to go for unless it's like dire emergencies or i can knock out one person and that's good enough gotcha yeah i didn't see any like damage doublers or anything like that from a payoff perspective so yeah. i just wasn't sure like because you know with a lot of these cards that are very dependent on another card there's always like that threshold of like i'm yes. not wasting it it's like you're not gonna waste a source to plowshares on a lanawar elves but right, it's like right, what right, would exactly. it take for you to use it on that so yeah definitely all right we're going gods again this time oh. the creature version of the god we're talking xenagos god of revels um this card is probably I would actually say it's a better game finisher than Chandra's Ignition. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, is this the best card in the deck? I think it is. <laughs> it uh three colorless right? gruel, legendary enchantment, creature god, mythic. It's a six-five for about thirteen dollars. It's indestructible. Devotion to red and green is less than seven. It's not a creature. I doubt you'll ever hit seven. Um, no, no way. At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is that creature's power, aka give Gyrus double power. Right. Good lord. Well, and I so it, the the thing too is like Kels is usually the card when I goldfish this. Kels came out first, right? And even though she's only a four, she still has menace, right? So if you get yeah. her out early enough, you can, you're going to start getting that damage in, right? Like four here, four there, four here. But there's a big, like the fact she passes like the the three swing check, right? Where if you double her power, that's that's only three swings to kill somebody, right? Sure. With menace and with like maybe some of the other stuff that I'm working with. So I think that's why Xenagos is so good is because both of our commanders can get in the red zone and want to be there, right? Yeah, I completely agree. But yeah, it's, well, Tuck, it's bonkers. Give us your second yeasty card. Okay, so I have an enchantment, and this has been a card I've had for a long time, and I've been trying to figure out what deck to work it in, right? Hmm. This is another one that I think it's either you or Oob were super keen on because it enchants a land, and then it just sits there. So, and you already brought it up earlier, Footfall Crater, but the, my footsteps out there, you're... What? How are you not excited about this? You said this card's amazing. Did I? I thought so. Didn't you? Uh, I mean, maybe I did in a, a drunken stupor. I mean, the card's <laughs> fine. Five years fine. ago. Okay. Well, anyway, it's a one. I thought uh, there's two I put in here. It was this one and uh, Yudaro that I thought you were going to go wild for. So I guess I Yudaro, just... yes. I, this yeah. seems more like an Oob card. For I sure. think it, it must have been him. So one red for an enchantment aura, enchant lands. The chain land has tap target creature gains trample and haste until end of turn. And then it cycles one. So, I mean, there's probably better versions of this, but for me, this is a card that you can kind of play early ish and it's going to sit there. Right. I like, I don't really know if someone's going to be burning a removal on this until they start seeing I a mean, until maybe it's too late. Um, if it, I will say this, if it just gave it haste, not good enough. Right. But the fact that sure. it's trample to both of my commanders to get through that extra damage when we need to, I think that's why it's solid. If you don't need it, you just bin it and get something else, right? 
So question for you then, uh, you don't have it in your list, so I assume it's not in a binder, but would you make it, I could make an argument anger would be better than footfall crater, right? Yeah. I, okay. Mm. You don't get the trample, but you don't you get the sacrifice trample. it to Kels. So right. you get to draw a card. It's in the graveyard. You have to have a mountain with how much red you have in the deck. So yeah. You're going to have a mountain out there. It's, I should, I think I have a spare. I should put that in here, to be honest with you. I do like, I think the only difference here is that trample piece is, re- the is, trample is, is, is really important. Um, but I mean, anger, you could, oh, and even better, like we talk about survival of the fittest, right? Anger is like the best target for that, right? Sure, I'll just yeah. spin this turn one and go get whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I got to have an anger. That card can't be that much, right? No, it's, it's not. It. It's, it's, it's like, pretty cheap. It's a couple bucks. Okay. Well, anyways. Damn it. I thought you were going to be really excited about that one. So I'll just it, it, it's cool. Cry. I just look at it as more of you're in a four color deck. Um, depending on what land you put that on, it could hurt you later mm-hmm. in the game, like cutting you off of a color. Because essentially you are paying a mana and ta- you're, you're essentially losing the mana when you right. use that land for the other stuff. So that's kind of just where I think about it. Yeah, but, I, can uh, see, I can see that. Yeah. All right. I'm here for it. My next one, it's the... Uh, Less sexy crater hoof. It's on attack. Uh, we're oh, breaking oh, I Ibexes. I forgot I put this in here. Uh, Pathbreaker Ibex. Four colorless green green. It's a 3-3 three, three goat. Whenever it attacks, creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. And do we have a Crocodile Jackson legendary cowboy <laughs> text? Uh, no, but we have one that is potentially what he could sound like. Uh, which is Thrun the Last Troll, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Not only a wrecking ball, but a trendsetter in its own right. Step into a Slim Jim. So I love this card, especially more than Crater Hoof for this deck. It's repeatable because it's on attack. But we've talked about him a few times. Gears is out there, 6677. Everything's getting plus six, plus six, or plus seven, plus seven, and it gets the trample. That's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, oh, I guess I think I actually do have a spare crater hoof somewhere, unless I traded it. I think this is still better though, right? Because you get it every time. Well, it's better for your deck than crater right. hoof. Crater hoof would be better if you had a lot more token producers. You don't actually have that many token producers, right? Like, right, right. You may think you do, but I think it's more creature based than anything, um, like non token creatures. So that's why yeah. I think Pathbreaker is just better. Right, and you still get the so when do you get the trigger if you bring it back from Gyrus? Nope, because Gyrus is on attack. So it's attack. You exile it. It's it comes in apt and already attacking. So you miss that. Correct. Bit. Uh, yep. that, that kind, that's okay, kind of very sneaky, very but. much like uh, Kalia the Vast. When I cheat out mm-hmm. an angel demon or dragon, if it had an attack trigger, I lose that. Right, right, right. But yeah, it's still still one of the winners. You bring this yeah. out. You give it haste and trample with footfall crater, and you're already off to the world. You're already you're already there. All right. Well, give us your final game winner. All right. So we talked about this when we talked about your deck. And I was like, I feel like I have one of these lying around. And one of the reasons why I I intentionally built this to have so many creatures is to abuse this card. Because I feel like it does everything else that we're looking for in the deck that we've already talked about. Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Sneak attack? Come on. You inspired me. You inspired me in two ways. One was to build a deck that could play Sneak Attack, and two was to only build it out of cards I already had. So Sneak Attack, for those who are uninitiated, is a Mythic Rare for only $15 now, which is insane. Three colors and a red for an enchantment. Tap a red. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That that creature gains haste. Sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step. 
just a way to fuel up my graveyard. You get the sacrifice fix. You get the sacrifice fix in it. You can sneak out your Pathbreaker Ibex or like a Xenogod, God of Rebels, if you have it, to make some massive damage swings. I had one lying around. I don't know why this wasn't in a different deck, but it's in this one for now. Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't have it already in a deck. Um, but no, this card's great. It's good for your deck because you you want big stuff, but you also want stuff in the yard for Yuris to bring back and, and do some free shenanigans stuff. So I'm here for it. Uh, I think Sneak Attack's an awesome card. Yeah, not much to say about that one, but I, no, I, no. I want to bring it up because you inspired me, sir, as you do well, every day. <laughs> well, that one was the Commander Smith, so I can't take too much credit for that. Oh. Uh, but my final one gets a little bitty bubble. Nightmare Cat. We're talking oh, Faultless, yeah. the Shadow Cat Familiar. It's so good. It's really good for partner decks. Uh, yes, two colorless yeah. black, legendary creature, Nightmare Cat. It has partner, so it could be in the command zone, and it has two power, two toughness. Commanders you control have Menace and Death Touch. Kels oh. already has Menace. But it does give Gearus Menace, and now both of them get Death Touch. Really good. Yeah, for for thirteen cents and three mana, this card is is insane. Like, can you imagine it, if this was like an enchantment? It would have to cost like what four? At yeah, least. it'd be. It'd be it, well, it'd probably still be three mana, but I bet you it'd probably be a rare or a mythic. Right, right, right. But you do have just a little bit of reading, and this one's a good one. You got Vicken, Eleventh Company Battle Mage, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> she sticks to her chosen master, Clarice. Closer than their own shadow. Now, you don't have this in any decks, I'm guessing, right? Because you don't run oh, any of course partner- not. You don't have any partners that you care about with this? Uh, Nope, because my only partner deck is my CEDH deck, and yeah, I'm not does. swinging with Thrasios. Yeah, I was going to say, this does, this does precisely dick in that build, so... <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the yeast package. Now we're going to head over to the spicy meat to ball. Only a few options. Yeah. Duck. I got an eight legged furry friend. Bum, bum, oh, that's how you're going with that one? Nice. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah. Phantas, the War Weaver. Uh, I think this card is actually going to cause so much chaos at yes. this game because of Brando's deck. I am here for it. It needs to stay. Three colorless Jund, black, red, and green. Legendary creature, spider. It's a 5-5. It has vigilance. It has reach. All creatures attack each combat, if able. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, Phantas the Warweaver gets a plus one, plus one counter. And who does Phantas sound like? And he sounds like Anawan the Rune Sage, which is Shere Khan the Tiger. I think from the Jungle Book, right? Oh, yeah. Um, God, that one's kind of hard. Like, That's I'm an just old trying one. to remember. Is he? Is he like? Uh, hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Or is he like more? Hmm. I Idris Elba did him in the remake. Oh, um, interesting. So I'm trying to channel like my inner Idris Elba without sure. being racist against British people. Wanted to clarify that. <laughs> All right. Me, okay, you think you got one? <clears throat> she spins a web. You wow. can resist its sweet aroma sparks chaos in every heart. Why don't you just talk that like that all the time? That sounds great. It was very stressful. It was hard. I had to like yeah. elongate my jaw. Right. So anyways, this card's great. It's always making people attack each combat. Kelfs, you can make indestructible whenever you feel like it. Sure. Ha you have to attack. And... Uh, it doesn't you, you can't pay for ghostly prison over here. Maybe Mr. Combo has some stupid bullshit over here. Marketing Ross is there. It's just like you have yeah. to come my way. Thantas is getting the plus one plus one. 
And then you can make Kelts indestructible. Just block. It doesn't even have to kill their thing. It's just indestructible. Whatever. Uh, but then you're going to cause so much animosity amongst your opponents uh, that they'll forget that you were the one that did the Thantis bullshit and it's not everyone else's fault. Exactly. And I think, so this was actually my original partner. This was my commander when I first started oh. building it. And I'm still like, I don't know. I I still think it could potentially be swapped out. It would just be a little different of a deck. I think I need, I don't know. What do you think? I think uh, it's too, at this point, it's too far, right? Yeah, you have too much stuff that you're trying to bring back from the graveyard that right. I don't think you could. Now, if you just wanted to say, cut out the blue, take Kells out, and do Fantas and Gearus as partners oh. in the command zone, that's a little bit different um, if you wanted to do that. But, Double you know, Jun? Yeah, if you're trying to keep Kels as your other partner, I don't yeah. think with you'd have to price swap out 30 or 40 cards to make right. it make sense. Yeah, it'd pretty much be a different deck there. Also, shockingly, this card is $3, which to me is... I, but I apparently, Card Kingdom, you can get it for $1.50? What? I'm clicking the link. Ooh, $1.19. Eight Damn. available. Cut, cut, cut them out. Cutting them out. The, and I actually got two of these in my... Uh, oh, yeah, that was your Grace double up one. Weird, right? Yeah. All right. Well, what is your spice card? I was so excited to get a copy of this card, and I literally oh, can yep. still not. I still cannot figure out the deck that I wanted it in. So I was like, "Why not?" Right? It's Binder Bullshit Day. Merry Christmas. Uh, and that one's Dragon Lord Solemngar. So, oh, I thought you were talking about Double Major. No, that is another. Okay, it's a. That one, it's the same thing. That's the double major I was super keen on. I got a foil off eBay because I thought this card was going to go way to the moon. But I literally, it's been sitting around for like four months or maybe longer. But anyways, sure. Dragon Lord, I think, I think double major is way better than <laughs> Dragon Lord, to be honest. So four colorless, blue and a black for a three, five legendary creature, Elder, Elder Dragon, flying death touch. When it enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature or planeswalker for as long as you control Dragon Lord Solengar. Um, and then I did get lucky. I did get a little bit of luck to the draw here with Talara, Elvish Sacefike, aka Pika 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 Pikachu. Feels good. I'm sweating so much. It's, <laughs> whatever I get this guys, room. you didn't know doing deck techs. It's intense workouts. I it's oh it's literally I'm I don't know. I haven't taken a shower today intentionally. So the I just thought it was a cool card. And I, it was lying around a binder, so I put it in here. The only, like, sort of cute thing that I could even think of is that since it's a three drop, you could potentially use... You could get you it mean back a with... six drop? No, no, sorry. It's a six drop that costs three. power. Three. Right. Yeah, so you power. could, like, cheese it out with Gearus, steal a creature, and sacrifice it to Kells, right? Um, if you wanted to go through that whole rigmarole, I, I don't know. I just wanted to put it in here and see if it would do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I think what you're wanting it to do is just way too sweaty. Uh, yeah, right. Now, if at this point in the deck, it was like, yeah, I got some Blink stuff. I got Conjuring's Claws. It's like, okay, it could be I can a make tokens, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that Gearus exiles it from the graveyard and it's like a one right. and done, that's where it's right. like, uh, yeah, probably could could find something better. But, but why you is know, it, it's cutesy. It's cutesy. Why is it $11? Like, that's what, like, again, I Dragons. think I might have been... Is that it? It's just because if this goes, oh, this because this is just a slam dunk in any in any five color probably, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap up the spice package. All right, and then we're gonna head over to our bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are gonna be 
surprise, surprise, Marketing Rosses and Brando from Commander Cookouts cuts and adds to Big Tuck's deck that are going to be under $5, under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. They just couldn't recommend mana-only lands. So, Big Tuck, we're going to start first with our boy, Rocketing Moss, or Marketing Ross, as we like to call him. And his card, he is going to cut, and I hate to say it, buddy, Arlen the Pax Hope. No! And, uh, yeah, so he said, I'm going to cut Arlen. I don't think she does quite enough for the theme of the deck, and you'll Mm. have no control over whether her day or night face is showing. Instead, I think you should add Prime Speaker Vanifar. Two colorless Simic. That is green and blue. Legendary creature, Elf Ooze Wizard. It's a 2-4. Sacrifice another creature. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to 1 plus the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. And uh, Ross actually did some math for you, Big Tuck, to kind of actually showcase what your CMCs uh, kind of add up to. So if we pull this up, we will get, you have one card at one CMC, three at two CMC, five at three CMC, four at four CMC, five at five CMC, five at six, three (sighs) at seven, and two at eight. So his kind of point is you have a good gradual build up. So you should always be able to get a card off of Prime Speaker Vanifar. Um, And the rest of what he said was it's a 2-4, it's a semi-decent blocker, and you can enable your sacrifice shenanigans while upgrading you to another creature within your deck. Is this just a better commander than Kells? Yes. Right? Like, it kind of is, isn't it? It costs the same. But but the issue here is that Kells draws you cards. Right, Prime Speaker Vanifer actually doesn't. And Birthing Pot in the Command Zone sounds cool, but then you would literally have to do, like, that douchebag with the foil green deck. Um, yeah. And actually have to like math out everything. Like, right. do I have enough at each one to be able to do it? You go grab so be more you, you, have, you, you have your deck list pulled up the entire time. Just like, uh, yeah, right. Yep. So I think, Pram, I personally think this is a good in the 99. I yeah. think in the command zone, you'd probably have to retune the deck again. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Good point. But no, it's a fun. It's, I wish I had one of these because this is another card I've always liked. I can't find a deck for it. So here we are. Well, now we're going to go over to Commander Cookout's Brando, and he did tune in via the metaverse. Whoa! I'm Mr. The Tuck. My very first cut I would make is Plague Crafter. Not because it's bad. It's actually an exceptional good card and plays into your strategy. But I think if you were to look at a little 16-cent piece of business called Grave Lighter, you might find a little bit more utility as it has a draw a card stapled to it if a creature has already died. And in your deck, a creature probably will have already died. And maybe it won't be sacking a lot of Planeswalkers or getting any discard. But single discard isn't really that good to start with. And being able to draw a card when you really need to is is probably a better idea. That's pretty good. I kind of what do you I, think? Drawing a card is better than a planeswalker, and I can I can dictate. I think you can in this deck you can have a better grasp of dictating when you want this to happen, right? Because you can always just pay one and sack one of your own creatures, and knowing that you're gonna do the second ability. Um, I didn't know this card existed, so I can't, I'm kind of I'm kind of like deer in the headlights for it. Uh, it's a it's really interesting and in in reality I probably would rather have both. Um I don't know, Plague Crafters is so good though. I I don't know, Mr. Combo, what do you, what do you think between the two of them? Um I agree with you. I would probably cut another card 
for this. Um, they both seem great, right? But I will say this. Um, I guess for me, I look at Playcrafter as more of a fleshbag marauder with the potential to draw a card. Right. I right. don't actually do it with the hope of drawing a card. So I guess it actually right. depends on why you have Playcrafter in the deck. If you have it in the deck for the draw card effect, Gravelighter is way better. Mm. But mm. if you don't have it in there and it's more of a, I'm trying to do a board parody, get everyone to lose a creature, then I think Gravelighter probably doesn't fit and Playcrafter is better. Right, right, right. But once again, you could control if the second effect on Gravelighter works. It's just you would have to do a little bit more work for it versus um, Playcrafter. But, I mean, Brandon makes a good point. You should have creatures dying on your turn regardless right. yeah, of a every Playcrafter. Every Every turn, it's a really co- it's a really cool card. It's a really cool card and really cool idea. And again, for pennies on the dollar, a bunch of people just opened up a bunch of Kim- Kamigawa as well. So I'll just ask them if they have one. They'll just give one to me. There you go. All right, under fifty, Rocketing Moss, Marketing Ross. He just does not like the cards you talked about today, Tuck. We're cutting Dragon Lord Selimgar. Uh, and yeah. so he says. I didn't want to cut from the spice package, but Silumgar is just a little too cute, and I think we can slot something better. Along the same lines as the last pick, he believes Birthing Pod. Birthing Pod, just straight out pot it. Yep, just straight out pot it. So this is three colorless Phyrexian green. You can either pay a green or two life. It's an artifact. It's rare for uh, $15. Oh my god. Like, that's cheap or expensive? Uh, Both, I guess. I thought it, I thought you were going to say like 40 no, the judge promo is only 51. Oh, nice. Uh, so this guy's you can pay a colorless and a Phyrexian green, tap it, sack a creature, search your library for a CMC creature card with one plus a sacrifice. It's essentially the same thing as Prime Speaker Vanifar. Um, and what Rocketing Moss had to say about that is I think Birthing Pod feeds right into what your deck wants to do and reduces your overall CMC by three. That's an exclamation point with that. Uh, you know you're playing, paying the two life to cast this. And that's fair. Yeah. Um, well, <gasps> he has it. It's going it's, in. It's, no, it's done. No questions asked. Sorry, Solmgar. Back to the, back, to, back to the legends binder with you. You son of a bitch. All right. I, didn't want it, I want him to work. So I have, I, I, every time I'm building a new Demir deck, I always look at him and it's like, like it's that photo of, it's like that meme of Wolverine with the photo of Jean Grey, right? Like, that's, oh yeah. That's how I feel like every time I'm like. Sorry, buddy. You're you're staying in stasis for another rotation, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> oh my so I know, I, I know. I as soon as he was like, I think I have a pod, and I'm not doing anything. But let's yeah, done, <laughs> done deal. Good, done good job. Good, good job, Ross. All right, let's see what our friend from the north, Brando, has to say. All right, the tuck. Uh, I see you're playing Gaunty, and my first question when I see a Gaunty in a list designed specifically to play in VDH is, what the hell's the matter with you? You can't play that in VDH because you can't secretly look at the top four cards of my deck oh, because I can't point. look at them to show them really to you. And we're not playing with blindfolds. No kink shaming, but I'm not into that. So what I would do is I would cut his ass immediately and get my broy Urabrask the Hidden up oh, in there. Oh, yeah. Right? Red, red three. You got a 4-4, gives all your dudes haste, makes all of our dudes come in to play tapped. He is excellent for creating a combat-centric environment that is advantageous to you and super sucks for us. And I think at 12 bucks, it's a pretty decent include in this deck. And I want to add, he's talking 12 Canadian dollars. You can get this card for $7 in American. Hold on, hold on. 
Wait a minute. Well, Walt Tuck's looking through his binder to see if he has it. By the way, Tuck, you do have one if you did the Phyrexian. That's what. That's what I was just thinking. Like, did I? Did I already put that somewhere? Anyways, I'll, I'll look into that. Um, yeah, I. Um, Gonti is a pain in the ass. We just asked everyone to close their eyes. We just did that on stream last week, didn't we? We didn't. No. Oh, I thought I did. I thought I did that recently, where someone played some card like that. Oh wait, wait, yeah, wait. Didn't we? When I because I have Gonti in uh, Prosper. I could have sworn we did that. We didn't close our eyes. What what most likely you probably did, um, and that's the way that we've done it in the past, is unfortunately there's not a good way to do it. It's just yeah. the person like does a top four, they send a picture, they know what it is, and you just hopefully like everyone's like cool and like you yeah. pretend you don't know. Yeah. But it, it is hard to it it is hard when you're even though you're there to have fun, if you want to win, and I know you have a board wipe or a counter spell or something under Gonti, it's like hard for me to just play into that. Not yeah, knowing right. And just that be like, there. oh, I'm just trying to do the right thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I hear you. Uh, if I have an Urbrask, I'll put it in there for the for the stream for sure. I just don't remember if I already slotted that into somewhere else. All right. No budget. Marketing Ross wants you to cut Thriving Isle. Okay, Get ready. We're cutting Thriving Isle for a tremendous upgrade. This deck doesn't need to produce a ton of blue mana and zero for your commanders, so I think we can lose a tapped land. He believes Volrath Stronghold would be better for the deck. Yeah, no shit! <laughs> Volrath Stronghold is a mythic land. It taps to add a colorless, it's legendary, and then for a colorless black, Tap, put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. Yeah, it's great. Oh. <laughs> and it's $31. Well, that's for the gold that's for the gold board version, my friend. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. The actual real copy and the only copy is 112. <laughs> the only copy. I mean, yeah, it's great. And now to be fair, I have been trying to pick up a gold version of this for a while, so maybe this will be the incentive to do it. Um, yeah, no, but no, then it can't be binder bullshit. That just breaks your rules oh, right there. Oh, that's very true. I gotta say, I gotta stay strong to that. I gotta stay strong at least to that one. Yes, Vorath Stronghold is really good. If if this was a five dollar card, I mean, you, what like, I'd be hard pressed to not put it into a black creature deck, right? Yeah, I mean, like, and Ross was saying, you know, it comes in untapped, so it's already better yeah. than Thriving Isle. There, it produces colorless mana. Um, which essentially is blue mana for you. Right, yeah. uh, but more importantly, for the colorless black, if you instant speed graveyard recursion, what more could you ask for? And I agree, you know, if you weren't doing binder bullshit, uh, or if it was something, say, your playgroup, like we've been trying to talk to the Kansas City playgroup, um, and it's like, hey, if we all think this is something we'd like to keep together, I'd love to keep my deck together. I think that could be a fun thing. Yeah. So if, you're, if your pod was like, yeah, like we love this idea, Tuck, we'll totally do it, then I think it'd be worth it. Go get your gold-bordered Volrath Stronghold. I'd prefer right. you get an actual real copy, but, you know, <laughs> I, I can't wish for everything. They So the thing I will say about that real quick is I when I brought this up to them, they were all like, oh, come on. And I was like, I don't think it's that bad, right? Like. I told and I told them I told them your deck and they're like so it's just Joyra but Joyra it's already busted but it's like slightly more busted potentially and I was like I guess they're like okay that's fine what's the other one doing I was like I don't know some Boro stacks nonsense that I don't understand evidently they're like what are yours I told them this they're like it just sounds like a normal deck you would build just with more rules it's like <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to tell you but uh, coming from the north okay and he did say under dollar sign infinity. Here is Brando from Commander Cookout. Oh, boy. My last suggestion, my no budget, my budget busting cut slash include in the deck is I would cut Arlen the Pax Hope. No! One, because it's a werewolf. 
Two, well, because werewolves always suck. And three, well, because you have it in your kind of ramp section. And in order for it to get you the ramp that you think it does, everybody at the table, including you, has to suck at least once. And you should never bank on other people just being bad at the game to make your card work. So I would just cut that shit and put in Chandra Torch of Defiance, who is by far the best red planeswalker that exists. It ramps you the exact same amount of mana for the exact same essential investment. Plus, it has an emblem that helps you win the game. It has an ability that removes creatures. And it has another ability that's going to do damage to us or draw you a card. And that's just a way better include than some piece of trash werewolf. Let's be honest. <laughs> Plus, it's only nine fifty. Yeah, I mean it's seven bucks. I love I love Chandra. I love Chandra Torture Defiance. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't have a spare because I've already replaced a bunch of the other Chandras that are trash with this one, and the decks that would want to run it. Uh, I, I actually had. Uh, so I, I have not listened to the episode with him, but the Chandra I had in there, uh, the where it gets the counters for everyone, Awaken Inferno. I actually had that in here until I realized it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Correct. It doesn't do anything uh, for me. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Actually, I mean, I, I think Chandra Torture Defiance does way more for your deck. Oh, 100%. Does. Oh, you, yeah. You, you, you don't get the tokens, which I get. That can kind of suck. But uh, you're getting card draw, impulse card draw, which you love. Sure, it's my um, favorite. You're getting the, the two mana immediately. Um... And I'll say it's ultimate, like Arlen's ultimate is her becoming an indestructible werewolf, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. That's whatever. Her, her, um, her ultimate her ultimate is getting me two wolf tokens. <laughs> like that's yeah. what I want. That's what I want her to do and live through. So I think what you should do, Tuck, is I think Arlen's better if you think you actually are going to just be leaving up tons of mana and flashing in stuff all the time. Right, right, right. Trying right. to like sneak people. If you don't think you're trying to go like that next level brain type thinking, then I think this is just an easy swap. And I would even say just even for the stream, you could just take it out of one deck and put, just put, put in the other. Chandra yeah. in here. Heck, you could even find a Gruul deck you have this in and just put Arlen in there. And there just you go. swap them out? Yeah. Uh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. O'Reilly Auto <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's trash. I was gonna say, I think I have a Chandra in my wart deck, maybe, but the problem is there's like four creatures in that deck, so Arlen's not a great swap in there. I love Chandra Torch of Defiance is is the second best red planeswalker outside of Tybalt the Fiend Blooded, obviously. Um no real no real argument about that. First off, it draws you a card and it costs two less. Come on, it's free. Free mana. Um, actually, actually, if if all my Tybalt's were only spoken for, I would have for sure put one into this deck because I don't care about my graveyard. Fill her up. Uh, if I had a spare Chandra, I would definitely have put it in here. But again, this is not the, that is not the means for production of the day. Um, we are. I am running Arlen, and I am. My goal is to play Arlen and hit him in the face. New so. Win, lose, or draw. If I can play Arlen, flip her over, and hit either Rocketing Moss or Brando in the face, then I consider that a win. That is my World Series for the stream in a few weeks. And then I'll and take guys, her out. And, put, and, then I'll go, and then I'll go buy a Chandra and put her in and take her out. <laughs> guys, thanks for making it until the end. And if you enjoyed it, make sure you follow our channel, subscribe to all of our content, and leave a five-star review on whatever consumption platform you're uh, enjoying us on, because that helps other people find us as well. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, maybe ask some questions, or even find out where the stream's going to be, if you maybe forgot at the beginning of the show, here's how you could do that. You can find me at Mr. Number 5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, did someone have a birthday this week? 
that was a local celebrity in the Charlotte area. Indeed. The man, the myth himself. Uh, I had a birthday this week. Hey! Um, hey! But I did uh, I did post. I've been tagging some other people that I like. And uh, I did get some traction on my uh, the mystery booster thing from uh card kingdom where i got a i got a birds of paradise and then four cards that are stone unplayable so uh <laughs> i have i've not done the I've, I've been too focused on my own birthday this week to think about anyone else's which is you know pretty much the way i live my life you can reach our main account at cmd tower on twitter as well uh you can go to our website where we'll have deck lists posts uh links to all the the content at cmdtower.com slash bnbe134 basically typed in custody lich mogus god of slaughter dawnglade regent tower.com now if you could uh we'd really appreciate a uh support through our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower yes i am bernie sanders and i am asking you for your uh, financial support <laughs> uh we have a lot of different reward tiers guys for whatever your budget can handle um really we're just trying to to grow the channel and we cannot do it without your support uh so anything whether it's a dollar five fifteen or twenty five that you could contribute on a monthly basis we would really appreciate it um and there are different rewards based on what tier you sign up for now, if you have already joined our patron and you still want to go out there and preach the good word, that is CMD Tower, uh, we do have a referral program. So anyone you refer to the channel, we will send, just make sure they let us know or you let us know, just let someone know, and we'll be sure to send you some free swag. Uh, and another big perk of our Patreon is shout outs and stuff like that. So I do want to do a big shout out to Lemony Lennings. He recently upped his patronage to the Mr. Com number five storm count. So oh! really appreciate the additional support there. Uh, we'll be getting your uh, swag sent out here in the next week or so. But seriously, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Now, we do have a store, so if you are looking to, you know, get some extra sleeves, maybe you need yourself that uh, reminder token with that sweet gold back, uh, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have everything for sale on there. We do have a goal. We're trying to get through 50% of our inventory uh, by the end of summer. That way we could really kind of focus in, do some cool stuff for the community, maybe even increase our Twitch presence, and also bring on additional staff and start being able to, you know, kind of pay the staff for their time for producing that content for you guys. So uh, definitely go hit up the store if you have some needs. Big thing, $5 for a pack of 100 sleeves. It's a great deal. Now, we do have a uh, recent partnership with abyssproxyshop.com. They're the playtest uh, printer that I've used for years and years and years. Uh, if you type custom card into their site, they actually have a link with all the community art that they've helped people put on cards in the past. Uh, it's 10% off if you use code CMDTower, and it is combinable with every other discount code on their site. So go get your 20% off. And while you're doing that, you're supporting CMD Tower. So Big Tuck. How did Marketing Ross, Commander Cookouts, Brando, and I do around Kel's Fight Ring welcomes Gearus? I talked about cards. They talked about cuts and ads. How do you feel? I feel great. Um, I'm really excited to put in the Birthing Pod because that's another card that I've been looking for another home for since I cut it out of a deck. Um, I like how they both ganged up on Arlen, which I think is unfair. Uh, I like how Ross did gang up on Dragonlord, which is totally fair. Um, but yeah, like I, this was... It was an interesting challenge to be like, because I, I really, even though it looks like I may have just slammed a bunch of random cards together, I did try to make it be like, okay, how many creatures do I have? Is this actually going to work? So it's actually, it actually was like really fun to think through, right? Obviously, Demir and Jund are some of my favorite colors. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of options here. I, I think that this is a deck that if it goes well, 
it may be something that I just hold on to or like open up and and get a few more cards for. But um, all that kind of remains to be seen. Yeah, you know, uh, I still don't see the theme of the deck or like other than just play creatures, hit people, sacrifice creatures to draw a card and try to rinse and repeat. Um, yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see how your deck plays. Um, I think the the only thing I could see being hard for you with at least knowing my deck and Brando's deck, I don't know if you're going to have the mana that you think you're going to have access oh. to all the time. So right. that might be something to try to figure out with some of these cards that we recommended from a cuts perspective, even if you can reduce the CMC, uh, kind of like the Salem Guard of Birthing Pod example. Right. I think if you could try to get your CMC closer to like three, four, I think that'd, probably nah, be that'd be cheaper than sweet. the three, seven, eight. Um, I just, when I see three, seven, eight, and one of your commanders is an X spell, that's not a good sign. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I do like I do like my big boys, as you know, you as you know very well. Like the I like my, I like my big, I like my big strong men and girls. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in, and remember, tune in May second, twitch.tv slash CMD Tower for Commander Cookouts Brando, Marketing Ross, Big Tuck, and myself, Mister Comma Number Five, doing our partner non partner challenge on Twitch. Woo. Hope to see you then. Woo, woo. Oh, I'm so sweaty.